Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MF Doom Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30-minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me today. My guest today is beatmaker, producer, and podcast host, Anthony Church. I really enjoyed my conversation with Anthony. We met through um, King Shamps, who was on an episode a few episodes back. That dude is an absolute beast on the mic, and um, and we found each other, Anthony and I found each other through through that episode. And he's a really talented dude, and I really appreciate his hustle and his dedication and just the way he thinks about his music and how he plans ahead of time. There's a lot of things that I, I kind of picked up from him. I'm like, oh, I could be doing this better, just the way way he's organized and on top of things and I check out his music on Spotify it's it's really pristine he does a really good job of matching um, the sound with the vocals you can tell he puts a lot of thought into it and I think he's got a great future I was really excited to talk to him and um, believe um, if, if not if it's not out yet I believe I'll be appearing on his podcast as well so we talk about that during this episode and uh, yeah all that good stuff so check him out um, his social information where you can find him is in the uh, the show notes and uh while i'm at plugging things my ep with pillsy beats quiet life loud friends is still available featuring copyright and wordplay the flyest mc and honest the grease god and jay sinatra um the response has been great and i really appreciate that so go check that out. you can download it for free off my website soma79.com slash quiet life loud friends all one word and get on the whole thing with the bonus track which is i don't know you but i hate you which is already now by the time this is out that should also be available on spotify and all the streaming services as well so thank you so much and happy holidays and peace Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich But she still can't stand the way he manages To never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids Plus he cheats at cornhole and rags that he won So she lost interest like porno after she comes My DM started jingling baby as it was done Two seconds later I can hear the snapping of her gums She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast I am your host Soma79, thank you so much for joining me My guest today is hip-hop producer and podcast host anthony church hailing from northeast ohio how are you doing today anthony man i'm doing great and again i want to say thank you for allowing me to be on your platform especially on such short notice because i know it was like a couple days ago but happy to be here and happy to chat with you man yeah as i'm sure a lot of people who's dealt with rappers are surprised i was supposed to have a rapper on i was trying to do a few episodes to wrap up and uh he hasn't responded to my last few instagram messages and hasn't um opened in the past week so trying to like get rappers to do anything you know, sometimes even after you feel like, them, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I feel like that's why I've been working with more singers lately, doing more R&B stuff uh, yeah. because of that reason, which is unfortunate. But it's like maybe it's like a stigma that certain rappers have. But but there's definitely, 
you know, I, I've worked with a ton of rappers that they're always on, you know, their shit. They know what they're doing. And I think it's about, you know, keeping a set schedule too is a big thing. A lot of people don't do that, unfortunately, but, um, you know, hopefully you can connect with him soon. Yeah. So. It's, it's funny too. Cause I see, um, I, I see all the, I've been around for a long time. So I was big in underground rap like 20, 25 years ago and like still am, but like, I see who survived that time and who is like on the outskirts of rap. And it's the people who are organized, who could set a schedule, yeah. who treated it like a job and didn't treat it as like, you know, a nonstop party. Cause you know, it's, it's on an individual basis. I think for like myself, cause I'm obviously, I just produce and do things like that and to have a show. And as you probably know, you need a schedule to do a show. Right. Like for me, that's been such a big thing the last couple of years is like getting organized. I have like a day to day planner now. So I just keep everything and I'll just wipe it out each day and set it to the next day and see like, what do I have to do? I have like a top five of like, what do I have to get done today? Mm -hmm. What's on the top of that list? I get all that done, then everything else comes next. You know what, you know what I get real excited about is efficiency. Like when I figure out, yeah. like, cause, you know, because I try to make things, I do like editing, I have templates and stuff. When I figure out something that makes an episode go from like 30 minutes to produce to like 20 minutes to produce, that's yeah. like the happiest <laughs> time of my life. Like yeah. I just imagine someday in my life when all the efficiencies that I've built up, I just get to sit in a hammock and enjoy that day. But exactly. I'll probably get hit that's, by a bus before it happens. I think, well, I think that's the goal for it. Not to get hit by a bus, yeah. but the, the first part, that's probably the goal for everybody you know what yeah. i mean kind of like finding ways to like make it more efficient across the board so yeah so all right yeah. so as you as you know we both work in hip-hop and we both talk about how great efficiency is and how great it is to like be on time and stuff like that obviously a lot of people aren't in that so what is it like did that is that something that was always a part of you did that come to you once you kind of just started started doing your production and realized you needed it or is like yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like it's gotten a lot better in the last couple of years because when I, I started at 19 making music, so I'm not like too far in. I'm only seven years into making music at this point, so I, I still would consider myself more of a beginner. So that anyway. means you're 26. Exactly. All right. Got it right on the head there. There you go. So yeah, 26 years old. Um, yeah, I think, I think even when I started out, I was kind of just, I think I was more worried about you know, am I going to be good at music or can I at least like build this into something? That was really the first like probably four or five years was just trying to get that and build my network and things like that. Mm -hmm. Now that I have like more connections and I have the show and I have all these things going on, like the social media content and everything, I was like, I, I'm never going to survive if I don't figure out how to plan it out because I'll just get overworked and just start overthinking everything and, you know, nothing's going to be efficient and come out on time. So that was really just within the last couple of years, especially this year. This year has been my best year for getting organized, staying organized. I, I keep a whiteboard off to the side here. You can't see it, but I have like all the projects I'm working on for music, uh, all the things I want to get done in the next like year or so. so. That's a big thing. And then using my iPhone, I just use the notes app. I have a, a social media like scheduler app. So I can schedule like months in advance, like posting and things Which like one, that. What do you use? Because that's something that I've been meaning to. I do a lot of similar, what you're talking about. I don't do exactly what you're talking yeah. about, but I have my own similar versions. But I don't have, yeah. what what type of social media scheduling apps do you? So the, the app that I use is called Appy, A -A, it's A-P-P-H-I is how you spell it. Um, and you running can, out of words. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a free version of it. Uh, I don't know how many posts you get per month. And then there's like a paid version of it as well. I discovered it from um, this guy named Adam Ivy, who does a lot of social media stuff with music. I actually took a course with him like five years ago. And that's how I kind of got set on this path of like doing more on Instagram and 
doing more in the different spaces on social media. Yeah. Uh, so I discovered it through him. I've been using it for like a year and a half. And right now I, I got really up until like June already for next year planned out pretty much as far as what I'm going to be doing, uh, figuring out like my releases for my own music, uh, the different content I'm going to be putting out and kind of just trying new things. I do like Spotify playlists. Um, like I said, the podcast is every Tuesday. I usually put a new beat up every Monday that's on social media. I always post the beat stars every single day, though, posting a new beat up there. So just trying different ways to connect with people and uh, showcase other artists, too, because that's a big part of what uh, the podcast is about, the playlist, all that stuff. Just trying to find different ways to get out there and you know, be creative with it. So. I was surprised when I started my podcast how much that was going to help me just in. Um, and I guess it's pretty obvious, but all of a sudden, you know, if you seek it out now, I have hip hop friends in like all these places I never knew. I never yeah. like this dude wordplay to fly SMC has been on here a few times. This Australian battle rapper who battles under a Pikachu mask. Like shout out to wordplay. He's had his gallbladder out working on a package to send to him. So hope you're feeling better, man. By the time you see this, I think you'll be fully recovered. But um, it's like, it's crazy to be able to go, oh, like, like find these people all over the world and, and find these different perspectives and talk to them and collaborate and just share your, your know, fan bases. Cause we're all struggling. So many of us who make independent music have our small number of fans that don't really add up to a lot, but like when we all yeah. put that together, I'm finding it is adding up to something. You know? Yeah. It's, it's really a form of community building. And for me, cause I told you before we started recording the episode, I'm kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like it's not a place where there's a ton of stuff going on. Like musically. Oh, I'm in a town of 5,000 people. I yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like the beauty of having like social media and being able to build a community that way. That's kind of like the best part about it, especially in the era we're in now. Yeah. Um, and being able to do that for myself, it's been super, super vital. It's kind of been the only way I've been able to build what I've built so far and what I'm going to keep building uh, is just meeting people through in Instagram is really where I think I still live the most because I can I've just always been on there. I always send like emails to people or messages to people on there um so i've always been most active on there but you can really find people all over the place in different ways that you never thought you could so yeah yeah and the funny thing too about the podcasting is that i find people will have conversations with you essentially in public they wouldn't have in private like if you just hit up some random person like if i just hit up like king champs we both have interviewed yeah. and know a little bit and like you know never met him before i'm like hey you want to just hop on the phone and just talk for like an hour and a half He'd be like, I don't know who you are or what you want, but I'm not going to find it. I'm not putting words yeah. in his mouth. But like, if you're like, oh, we're going to tape it and we're going to talk about this stuff. People are like, yeah, sure. Like other people, it's, yeah. it's it, but then you get forming these relationships you wouldn't have otherwise. And especially to you from a small town, I'm from a small town, like, like numerically speaking, there's only going to be so many people statistically like me from that town. And so like for me growing up, like, especially because I'm like 45, when I see, when I go to like Comic-Con and see like these, like. 15 year old girls dressed like Deadpool I'm like where were you when I was 15 because like there weren't even 15 year old boys that dressed like Deadpool when I was a kid I was like the one that was into that shit and so it's like these days where it's like if you feel that way in your town like there is the whole world to find people and people talk about oh. the negatives of social media but there are so many positives when you're just trying to find your community you know yeah Exactly. And it, and it really is just kind of what you do with the tools you have as well. It's I think it's just like anything else where a lot of people, it's it's a mindset thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could focus on like the bad part of it, or you could focus on parts that are good and you can be constructive with it and build up something that people are going to appreciate and you're going to be able to connect with different individuals through it. 
So I think it's just, it's just about mindset at the end of the day and figuring that out. And I, I sometimes wish that too, like that I had more people in person to like go to and like collaborate with. And there might still be people that I haven't met that are doing cool things like in my town. I don't really know. I try to keep like as, as well informed as I can and like see things. And if I hear about someone from someone else, maybe I'll go check them out. Um, but you know, it, you kind of just got to work with what you got to work with. But like we said, the internet helps so much and just being able to get in touch with people and, uh, thank God we're in the time we're in now. That's all I know. Yeah. The thing that I always recommend to people when you're trying to do what you're talking about is use the internet, but still be a human being. Like, don't like, it's like, you get so many of those messages that are just like, Oh, I work for so-and-so and I'm going to, it's like, you remember you're, you're like use the internet but sell yourself as a human and, and and like you know that helps so much is trying to when people feel human to human contact on this you know stupid little thing that i pull out of my pocket 97 times a day it, it's genuine and you it's the, and it's the closest thing we have anymore like you know yeah. it's a lot different from getting like a dm that says sup or yeah. let's work fire emoji fire emoji fire. i know let's build it's like, that's not doing anything for me. I could get a million of those messages any day of the week. Yeah. Like, whenever I get, introduce yourself, you know what yeah. I mean? So whenever I get those, I always picture the flat bring rappers that go like this, telling you that they're next. <laughs> I'm just like, we have, we have too many of those. Room doing room. the, the bird man hand rub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you seem like a pretty, have a pretty positive outlook on life in general. I mean, where, where's that come from? Is that some, is that um, who you are? <laughs> Uh, I mean, again, I think it's going back to like talking about how I had to work on myself really and like work on these habits. I think that's another thing that I had to kind of build up to. Um, I admittedly, I am from a a family, especially the men in our family, a lot of anger issues, a lot of like trouble with that. I still have anger issues to an extent, not like extreme, uh, especially when I'm driving, by the way. Oh, that's when that's the worst of me. driving. And that's probably the worst yeah. time ever. So I'm just like, I got to figure that out. But I, I like, do I do say people, the only time I become somebody I don't recognize is in traffic. Driving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I think it's just like for me, it's been, like I said, about mindset, just shifting my mindset to a different place to be more creative. And I credit, you know, the people that I've learned from uh, the artists that I listen to, but also just like my indirect uh, mentors, things like that as far as like helping me be able to shift my mindset. And that's still just a work in progress every day. I don't think you ever get to the point where you're like, you know, I'm, I've, I've completed all I can with that journey. I think it's just a lifelong journey, Like you're always going to be working on that. So I always got to keep that in mind as well. But when I look back to myself, like 10 years ago, or even like when I first started music, I I can just see the progress. And I'm like, I'm proud of myself for doing that, taking those steps being able to get there. And I, th- I think, I think that's all it just boils down to is just how you look at life at the end of the day. And if you're doing something you really love and you're building towards something each and every day, it gives you a different purpose to be, to be able to keep going uh, and helping other people where you can. And uh, ultimately that gives you that fulfillment. Um, yeah. And that's really where I am now. And like I guess I just hope to keep building that and meeting new great people and, seeing what comes out of it so it, see, it sounds like you have a lot of self-awareness which is what is is one of the most valuable traits that i think you can have like in almost all areas of life is the ability to be able to see yourself the way others see you and it's yeah. um so when, when it's lacking in somebody it's 
it's pretty obvious. And mm-hmm. when it's there, it's also, you know, it's, it, it, it sounds like you've done a lot of self introspection in your life and decided who you wanted to be and worked towards that person, which is yeah. very admirable. I, I appreciate that. And it definitely, again, it's, I think it's different for every single person. Like you got to have that conversation with yourself and be like comfortable. A lot of people, they're not comfortable even talking to themselves. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, I have something I say like, that well, yeah. I, I say to people, I had a line in one of my songs, like, how can you be, um, how can you lie to yourself and be honest with somebody else? And I think a lot of times that we get mad at people that they're aren't honest with us, we have to realize they're lying to themselves too. So we're just a byproduct of that. Like yeah. that, me realizing that helped me, helped me, a decrease my frustrations and b increase my empathy a little you know yeah i think uh i always look at it kind of as like all the people in our lives whether they're close to us or maybe they're just you know in our life for a little bit and then they're they're out of our life every person is pretty much just in and out no matter what even if it's a good relationship at the end of the day we always have ourselves right so it's like i would never want to hate myself or be like you know, I wish I was someone else or I have regrets. Like, no, I want to be like my best self every single day as much as I can. You know it's funny I mean? you say that because I, I was thinking about this. Uh, when I was a kid, not even only a kid, but up to like a lot through my adults, adult life, I had this attitude that if I was the only person getting hurt by something, nobody important was getting hurt. Like it was essentially that I, I'm somebody who would never do anything to anybody else, but the way I've treated myself my entire life, if I ever treated other people the way I treated myself, I'd have no friends. And it's like, that to me was a realization where I'm like, why am I a hundred times harder on myself than I am on other people? Mm-hmm. And that to me was like a big realization. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's so it's like, if you're going to forgive others, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was my I, try, I try not to look at things from like a victim mentality standpoint on myself either anymore where it's like things are going to happen to you regardless that you don't want them to happen to you you, for your whole life you know whether you like it or not you could even put yourself in the best position sometimes things aren't going to work out yeah so it's like instead of always playing like i had to tell myself this is like instead of always playing like the victim role and being like woe is me or why does this always happen to me it's like just move forward in a, with a different light and like be appreciative still. Yeah. I mean, even being able to wake up in the day, in the morning and be like, I can do these things. I can create music. I can connect with people. Like, and still have be the faith in yourself that you can handle bad yeah. things when they happen. Like exactly. that was something. Yeah. yeah. And just like realize that sometimes the things you worry about are going to happen and you can yeah. probably deal with it. You know? Yeah. You learn the lessons along the way. And I think the older you get, you're like, I can deal with it better now than I could way right. back then yeah so definitely definitely mm-hmm. so um so musically so who are some of your musical inspirations what are your, some of your earliest memories of music um you know changing you or touching you or anything like that yeah so it's it's funny because I, I think i'm the only person in my family that ever gravitated towards hip-hop specifically <laughs> like early too. on got a lot but, of shit over that <laughs> yeah because like my my dad is always like a 70s 80s guy he doesn't listen to anything past like 1988 like not even 89 he's like no that was my dad crazy. was like that for years yeah. but all of a sudden now he's in the modern country and i don't know what the fuck is up he hit 10 yeah, years of sobriety and became a whole yeah. different person <laughs> i don't know if my dad will ever get there because he's just so set in his ways like i grew up just listening to like the sirius xm 70s on 7 80s on 8 like that's all yeah. every time i'd go in my, with my dad in his truck like he'd be playing that my mom is that like country. the eagles and like stuff like that like fleetwood mac yeah, Fleetwood Mac, uh, and then obviously like Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, oh, a lot of that up here. Yeah, he likes a lot of different genres. It just has to be from that era. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. Same uh, stuff. my mom, 
yeah, my mom's like a country fan, but she just listens to anything on the radio. She, I wouldn't consider her like super deep into music. Like she'll just, yeah. she's just kind of the casual listener of things. Whenever I meet um, those people, I know a lot of them blows my mind. You're just yeah. like, you're like, well, I like music. I'm like, but how, why don't you love it? <laughs> you turn on the radio and whatever's playing, you just let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you're not seeking out like certain artists or anything like that. Uh, my brother, me and him shared an iPod for a long time when we were growing up. So I would always have his playlist. Uh, he liked a little bit of hip hop, but he also liked punk, uh, some EDM. Like he likes a lot of different things too. So I kind of just took in a lot of influences. But I think I was drawn to hip hop when I was like probably eight or nine. Uh, I actually had a, a video game on the Xbox called NBA Live 07. And it had like uh a few different artists on it, it had like Tyler Quali uh it had Lupe Fiasco I heard yeah. Lupe's song Kick Push on that uh soundtrack and I was like what is this like yeah. the beat the production his lyrics I was like that this, this is awesome yeah and so that's when Lupe kind of be became like one of my favorite rappers initially um obviously like Kanye because this was around the time this was probably like 2006 through 2010 was really when I was starting to get into hip hop. Uh, so I was listening to like whoever was big at the time, Eminem, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, some Nas here and there, just a lot of different people. I, I would just hear all these people. And then I remember when I got my first iPhone, I downloaded uh, Pandora Radio and I would just create artist radio stations and just start discovering all this different music, whether it's from the 90s or the early 2000s all the way up until then uh that's kind of just how i started discovering artists and then it's one thing led to another started discovering like producers and who they were and that you know certain producers worked with all my favorite artists and you you know you just nerd out on this stuff and you just start building yeah. uh you know who your favorites are and it just kind of evolves from there i was always into hip-hop it really wasn't until when i started producing that i started looking at other genres started getting into r&b uh, just listening to all kinds of different things, you know, whether I was looking for samples or I was just trying to get inspired. And now I feel like I listen to just all kinds of music. It really doesn't matter. On the day to day, though, I'm still listening to like hip hop and uh, mostly R&B as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like, I remember when I I was like really into hip hop from an early age. But I didn't really understand how it was made till I was pretty far into my life. Like, I don't even think I really understood what a 4-4 beat was, like, until yeah. I was, like, I was probably already rapping for, I think it was when I started rapping, like, in my early 20s, that I was just like, yeah. oh, this makes so much sense. Like, this is why this is all timed out so perfectly. And it's just, there's, then you start taking for granted all this knowledge you've acquired. And eventually, mm -hmm. like you said, you're somebody who reads liner notes and you know all of this stuff and you forget how much that's different from the average music fan. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's that's, that is actually what really led me to wanting to be a producer too, is when I found out that a lot of these songs aren't made by a full band, they're made by like a person in their bedroom with an MPC or on FL studio or whatever. I was like, yeah. what? Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. So, like, once I got into high school, I just kind of went down the rabbit hole, discovering different producers, like how music was made that way. Uh, and that eventually just led to when I got out of high school, I was like, let me just get FL Studio. Let me just see how that works. And then I just started making stuff. Obviously, you got to start making pretty bad music. And then you just go from there. And if you do it every day, you just start getting better and better. Yeah. So. 
do you still remember the first beat you made that was like the one that let you know oh like I can do this. Like, like, like for me, I, when I listen back to the very early stuff, there's absolute disaster, absolute disaster, <laughs> absolute disaster. Then eventually you go, okay, something's happening. And then, yeah. cause you, you need that encouragement. Do you remember that for you? I don't really know if it was one specific beat. Cause like I, I started out with my friend who is also an artist. Um, and we were actually listening to the mixtape we did like six years ago. That was like his first project. And we're listening to it now and we're like, God, it's it's definitely not horrible, but it's like, man, is it miles away from like what it should have been or what it could have been? Uh, a lot of like my beats were so out of key, like my sound selection was really bad at the time. But I was like, I oh, can at key least was key. something I didn't know about to way too long. <laughs> I still don't I still don't know much about key. Like, I still I have to remind myself that much. Long, yeah. yeah, like like you get better over time. It does make a difference. Ear, I think you're once you get the ear training and you start doing it more and more. Even if you don't know how to read music, it becomes a lot easier. When I was starting out, I was just bad. So. You know where, like, recently with Key made a big difference? I made this MF Doom um, mega mix that was just, like, I took a bunch of Doom acapellas and I made a 30-minute mega mix that had, like, maybe, like, 11 of his verses and songs on it. But, like, when I actually realized, okay, if I'm going to make these beats, like, I can actually look up to Google the key that the song is in and yeah. make my beat in that same key, which, it sound, as I'm saying it, is, like, I'm, like, mansplaining it to myself at, like, the, at, like, the millionth <laughs> level. But it's, like, for someone who's been making music for 25 years, like, I just just learned that six months ago really yeah it's like there's still I, basic shit to learn yeah. like it's that's one of yeah. the fun things about it yeah that's like you said it's, it's kind of the beauty of being able to do this is that you never know everything so you're always looking to learn more and that's something I've, I've been doing a lot too recently especially when i'm working with artists and they want something specific i usually say like send me a reference song send me something similar yeah. that you might be looking to do and then i'll take that song and i'll kind of just dissect it like what's the bpm what key is it in? What are we kind of looking to do? What's Get kind under of the hood. <laughs> yeah, just kind yeah. of see that and then start building something with them in mind in my own style and just go from there. Yeah. You know, what's, have you reached the point where music starts getting ruined? Because like I have this thing where um, this is just one example. Like if you listen to enough songs, you hear Smells Like Teen Spirit all the time. Like even songs before <laughs> that song came out and songs after that came out, you hear like there it is. It's a little slower. There's one note different, but that is Smells Like Teen Spirit. And there's a there's a, um, it's a Tom Petty song. that's like that too. Last Dance with Mary Jane. There's a ton of songs that sound just like that. Do you ever have like at a certain point i think for me it almost looks like oh it's song that's almost like a product at that point yeah but like do you ever have moments like that where, where the magic disappears well i definitely it's definitely a lot different than like 15 years ago when i was listening to music when i had no knowledge of how it was made because like once yeah. you like you said once you see kind of behind the curtain and you're like okay this is how it's done then it's like okay you kind of you know the steps that they took to get there at least Behind the curtain's I, a good analogy because I think yeah. all art is in some way an illusion. I think because it's, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. For sure. I, I kind of look at it, I, I still don't think like the, I don't think the joy of it is gone, but I definitely look at things and I'm like, oh, okay, I've heard this sample in this song. And like, I know that that is like, they might've got an interpolation of this song and made yeah. it into something new. So like, I kind of look at it like that. And then I'm like, or if I hear something I've never heard before, or I think that it's from this thing, I'll go like digging be like okay is it actually from what i think it is or it's something yeah. completely different so i that kind of stuff fascinates me still 
So uh, the I'm, joy, I'm, the joy kind of flips from being the fan to being the oh, now I can make people respond this way with my music, and then it's yeah. like that's where it becomes like. And this yeah. point, what you said, there's a there's a sample of I don't know if you know Zarface at all, but like um there's a there's a beat on that that i swear i know what 7l sampled and i want to ask him but you can never i can never ask a rapper or producer that in writing so i'm like i've been waiting to like go by his record store because i just want to know if it's the song i think it is but like yeah you know it's like the burning is it not on like uh like you can't google it like you can't figure it um out. i just want to i want him i want to know from him yeah because it's yeah. like it's, directly you know yeah. dude owns a record store it's like he's not uh, that hard to find it's just a two-hour drive <laughs> yeah but actually, check out check out Seven L's record store in Somerville, Mass. Sound vinyl, sound. Look it up. But DJ Seven L, it's a great place. Yeah, I, I was gonna say because like I know that Genius has a lot of the stuff figured out, but I know they're wrong a lot. And then there's yeah, like yeah. the Discogs thing where you can go and look, and they'll have every like they'll like if a if a song contains like multiple samples, they'll have every like writer of that sample the year. Yeah. Like, and who, if someone sampled from that song, like, they got it all, like, laid out. Well, but... I can see why this stuff is wrong so much, because it's like, I just did a song with, like, copy, I just put out an album a few weeks ago, I copyrighted a couple of songs, and, like, wordplay to fly SMC, a few other people, and it's like, I'm thinking about putting the lyrics up there, so I type them all out, but I'm like, am I going to ask them to make sure that it's right? Half the time, they're not going to respond, because that's yeah. what rappers yep. are, and I'm just like, in the end, I'll just throw it up there, and if they ever see it and tell it's wrong, I'm going to change it, and that's how most yeah. of the stuff gets up there, like, because yeah. even my own lyrics, like, what ends up being said on the mic might have never existed on the page completely, uh -huh. you know, because you end up changing a few words and stuff like that, but... I like when they do, they'll even do genius breakdowns, where they'll have the artist come in, yeah. and they'll, like, break it down, and the artist will tell them to their face, like, where did you get that from? That's not even right. I love that. And they're like, oh, uh, we just had that down. Like, that's what it said. And he's like, no, that's not what it was. Every once in a while, like a really big artist will do that. I think Eminem yeah. did it for like a very, and it was, you know, someone pointed something and he goes, what? No, 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 no. no. Tell them, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then before we get obsessed with it for a day, then forgot about it forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so um so let's talk about uh what you're working like who you a project you've worked on like you know artists you work with like what it's like to make a project with you yeah what do you let's get more into specifics we've been talking we've been talking yeah. big picture here what, what are you working on so i've i primarily worked with my artist that i mentioned earlier uh his name is jay trey and me and him we've known each other for almost 20 years now so we we've been friends forever like even before we started music and then when we got out of high school, we began uh, creating. I've produced pretty much all of his projects. Like a couple other producers have made a couple songs with him, uh, but primarily like all of his work so far, I think we've done probably five projects. We're working on another one coming out next year. We're actually gonna be doing, um, we're gonna break it down like three different EPs and then a full album after that. And he's got like a, he's calling it like the color code series. Um, and it's going to lead to the album called the Blackout Album. Uh, so we're kind of just doing different themes for each one of those. But that's kind of where I learned to like curate a sound for a specific artist and like where I'm still kind of learning. Because I we've done so many songs together. I record him as well. I record his vocals and stuff. So I kind of know like the production that he's always looking for or like what he might enjoy. Yeah. So that's really the artist that I, I always feel like I'm pretty confident when I send him stuff that he's going to like it or not like it but most of the time he does uh and from there i kind of just took that and you know now that i'm working with a lot of different artists uh i kind of do the same thing i might just send them 
some things I might feel they enjoy. I, I don't really sit down and like curate songs specifically for people though. I'm just kind of making random ideas. Mm-hmm. And then once the ideas are done, then I figure out, okay, who am I going to give this to? Am I going to post it on BeatStars and just have anyone like take a look at it? Or am I going to just send it to someone specific? Um, and every artist is different, like learning different people's processes too. Like for, for Jay, he'll write a hook in a few minutes and he'll be like, oh, I got this hook. We're ready to go. Let me write some verses over the next like week or so. And we'll just record other artists. They might sit with the same song for months right. and you're just like, okay, let me see what's going to happen here. And they might send me a demo, ask for feedback. I give them some feedback. Then you might not hear from them for another month. And they're like, let me go like reevaluate. So it's just, it's just like learning different people's processes too. Um, and just kind of knowing what role to play for myself. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes I wish I was a writer and I could figure out all these different things of like the pocket and all that. I just try to do my best to keep the production simple so the artist can hear themselves on it. Um, and they can just hear, you know, where they fit in. Cause I think overcrowding the beat is definitely something I had to learn. Like don't overcrowd it. Don't do too much. You want to have artists on it. You got to give them enough space, but you still got to make it interesting enough too. So that's right. still something I always got to keep in mind. But I always I think find too that like like the yeah. um the last round of making the beat should, for me it usually happens after the artist records because then like that's where you put figure out where you want to drop out and maybe add a little bit more uh-huh. in. But giving them like the more space to like you know you you put the first layer down, they put the vocal down, then you put the roof on, sort of to sort yeah. of like you know tie it all together. I always try to tell artists that too. Like if I send them something, I'm like, it's not the final product. Just right. Think past that. this. Like, yeah, think, we like, can, yeah. we can keep going back and forth until we feel we, we have something good here. And then we can go from there. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of artists, they kind of get set in what they hear immediately. And they're just like, well, you know, I don't see it past that. I'm like, right. well, look at it as a work in progress. You know what I mean? You don't have to have everything figured out today. Like let's just keep working and see where it goes. And then once we end up with something really cool at the end, we can look back and be like, see, we're glad we didn't do that initially. We right. kind of changed it up or we did something different and then we got something better. Well, but, too, a lot of producers aren't thoughtful enough to make beats that way. It's like I've definitely worked with producers like, all right, well, I banged out these on my MPC this morning. There's no other version of it. There's no like changing anything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to make a thousand more. I'm like, can you just yeah. make one that we can like, you know, have a second round on? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I think it's just, you got to take every, I I look at every like relationship that I have now or every relationship I do have with artists is like each one is going to be different in its own way. Not one instance is the same. You just got to keep that in mind and just try to do your best working with every individual. I don't work with people that I don't like either. And I hope that no one's working with me if they don't like me, because that would be a waste of time. So you, you got to just work with people that you feel good about and you enjoy the music. You have a good time together, um, whether it's in person or virtually, whatever you got to do, just make it work and figure it out. And hopefully you guys make some great stuff. So that's always kind of what I keep in mind. Yeah, your music sounds great, too. I mean, it's just at the top. I checked out a bunch of your stuff on Spotify and really polished, well mixed. I mean, that makes a huge difference these days. Like it makes yeah. an enormous difference. And That's well, you can hear the 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 the, the um the well thought out blend between who the artist is and what the beat uh-huh. is, and who the beat is. Like it sounds all great. 
Yeah, appreciate it. And I think I think another it's kind of frustrating with that because for me, at a certain point, I lose control of certain parts of the process yeah. because if it's an artist that just buys a beat from me, like I'll try to reach out. Sometimes I'll try to reach out and then you might not hear from that person. Then they kind of just take it and do whatever they want with it. So it's like, you know, I kind of lose a hand in certain with certain projects and certain songs I've done. Um, but then other projects, it's like I'm completely hands on. Uh, I have an engineer that also helps me out with a lot of stuff, especially for my artist project. Like he'll do a lot of that stuff. My own self-release stuff is all me, though. Like I'm just mixing the instrumentals as best I can. I'll just make up everything I I do the artwork myself and all that stuff and just put that out. I think like self-releasing stuff is really good for me to do because it allows me to have the full control of it as opposed to always working with artists and always having to give up a little bit of control. It's like, I can also do that and do my own thing and develop like my own stuff that people will like just instrumentals. Um, and then doing the collabs with the artists. Cause then I'm able to have more of a hand in the process, which is nice, but how much thought do you put into promotion um, of you? And how important is that to you? Is is like having, is getting your yourself out there? Because these days they say what? There's like, I always get the number wrong. If it's 95,000 or 95 million new songs yeah. that uploaded to Spotify every yeah. day. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't, it's like in the example I use is we waited years for that new, that last Kendrick Lamar album. It came out, everybody <laughs> loved it. And a week later, it felt like everybody forgot it. And it's like, yeah. it's not just him. That's the one that to me stands out. Oh. Um, so how do you, how important is that to you and how much time, you know, given that it does take time, you know, where's it? Yeah. Fit in? I think, I think I'll, again, cause it, it is, it is different for every artist I work with. Like some artists might not want to do a ton of promo. They might just want to like put it up and see where it goes. So I have to kind of trust their vision with that for, for my own stuff. It, it goes back to what I was saying about like my social media planning. That's all included in that is like I kind of try and get a little release strategy going. Like, how am I going to promote it beforehand? Uh, how am I going to promote it afterwards as well? Uh, doing things like this, doing interviews, that's a big part of it where you can go on and talk about the music. And it gives like people another way to understand it as opposed to just like, oh, I heard a song from this random person. I don't know who it is. It was okay. I might not come back to it because I don't really know anything about this person. But it's like if they hear you speak about it or they hear more of a story behind it and you build that up and they know like, oh, like someone put their real like emotions in this music. I felt like what they were saying, they'll be probably be more inclined to check it out. You know what I mean? Right. So just keeping that in mind and uh, every single release has been different for what I try to do uh, and just like try to build themes around the projects too. That kind of helps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely think it is important just to be able to do it. But also for me, and I think this is the best part about being a producer for me, is that I can drop music in a lot of different ways because I can do instrumental albums. I can do projects where I produce fully for another artist. I can have placements with just a bunch of random artists here and there. So I can build more consistency that way to where you might see my name. Like if I have a good month, I might be dropping like three or four different things in a month but they're all different. You know what I mean? So that I think has always been the best part about being a producer and being able to kind of lead it in that way and just attach my name to more stuff too. So people are seeing that and hopefully they get familiar with like what I'm doing, the sound and the people I'm working with as well. Yeah. 
it's funny with promotion uh i'm sure you've seen like i have at many hip-hop shows opening acts that um, are yelling at people to get their hands up and to come up, come closer to the stage <laughs> that is the moment where i'm like you guys should have thought about promotion <laughs> like yeah. that's because that to me is the mo- one of the most cringeworthy things in in hip-hop that i see um and it's like yeah that's why i think a lot of a lot of artists have ego too where they realize well i'm gonna have to pay i'm gonna have to pay money whether it's to like you know submit hub or whether it's to like a a manager or something to get people to hear it and that sort of impacts their ego to some degree where they're like no man build it and they will come and you're like that's just it doesn't work that way like you're sort of um People don't think of it this way, but like every time you find a new song you like, a song that you used to really like is kind of pushed out of your head. You can only really like, we're only really designed to be monkeys that can remember like 80 people <laughs> in the village. So it's like, I don't care yeah. how many songs my iPod can hold, my brain can only hold. And so like, you are asking somebody to not just listen, but like, it's hard enough to get somebody to listen, but get them to like become part of like what they listen to is a really big ask. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard. There's so much competition. You know? I think that is, that's why, you know, having like a work ethic and just being able to put yourself out there more is so important because you don't want to be one of the people that gets forgotten immediately. Right. Um, and like you said, no matter how good it is, it doesn't mean everyone's going to always remember it and always come back to it. So if you're not showing up consistently, they're going to forget about you pretty easily. Right. Um, so I always have to keep that for myself is just show up each and every day in a new way just try to be different with it but and that's where like the album art and all that stuff matters like all those little things add up or like if you make like i mentioned Zarface before like everything they do is very well planned out and it's always like seems to follow along it's like you're 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 engaging somebody in experience even though it really is just an album and a drawing it's like you're giving somebody an emotion to tap into and that matters now more than ever creating a storyline around all the stuff you do is really important it's just you got to think a little deeper than the surface level of you know what you're doing sometimes and i know that's not always easy but i think it just goes back to you know asking yourself how badly do you want whatever you're trying to do as an artist you know what i mean and if the answer is like oh yeah i want it that badly like you'll put the work in you'll figure it out yeah so yeah yeah it's um yeah, that's the really that's the only thing that I found really blocks somebody from getting good is ambition. Because everyone's like, "Oh, I have no talent. I can't draw. I have no talent. I can't sing or anything like that." But I'm like, it's not about having talent. It's about it's about um, having the ambition that will survive through failure. Yeah, and and it's like you know, there's a lot of things in life that I would not have the ambition to survive through failure. It's like if I you know baked a cake three times and it sucked i'd probably never bake it again you know it's <laughs> but like if it's working on music it's just, it's different you know yeah i'd say if you try it fourth time you might burn the house down yeah, so yeah, yeah you probably should just but that is, that is funny though because i am one of those people who i have to do something wrong a bunch of times to do it right which is why yeah. like i i i, I reactivated the tailbone injury the first time i tried to drop into a skateboard ramp and i haven't been on a skateboard since and it's yeah. like so there are these things that i'm like oh if i have to fail at that a bunch of times i'm not interested that's why i'm 44 and i've never broken a bone but like <laughs> I'm, I know like with my learning style, what's a safe, what's a safe hobby. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's just the, especially if it's something you love though, it's the willingness to fail. Like you yes. want to fail so that you can become good. Cause if you just start out and you're just good forever, it's like, you didn't, what did you learn? You know right. what I mean? So 
I think it's our just, culture doesn't really make room for failure as a way for like no. future success. Like it doesn't like that's not like when they talk about the American way and stuff like that, they skip over the part where you're gonna have to fail a, a zillion yeah. times. And that's a pretty important part of it. <laughs> yeah. And so you got you gotta kind of retrain your brain too to learn new information. Cause like you said, I don't think we're taught all that stuff, especially in right. school or it's coming up, you know, where we're kind of they kind of give you like the sugar-coated version. And then when you're out, you're like, oh, shit, this is a lot different than what I imagined. Then you kind of got to learn on the fly. Uh, but I think you, when, when you kind of retrain your brain a little bit to think differently or think outside that box, then it's like, OK, let me see what I can do here. Let me see, like, how I can impact the world in my own way. So, well, like modern illiteracy isn't like not being able to read. It's like not being able to, like, learn, unlearn and relearn. Cause that's yeah. where I see people like the people in my, you know, cause you know, I grew up with people that, you know, my parents never really came over to the digital age. Like they're there's, they've never been on Facebook, never been on any yep. of that stuff. And they never will like they're in their seventies, mm -hmm. but like they, you know, and they're doing fine, but like a lot of people, their generation never decided to relearn for modern age. And essentially you get left behind. So it's like for everybody who complains about TikTok but has never been on it, they've never realized that there is that, like, I, I never had cable TV growing up and I'm not going to come on here and like whine and complain about it. My town didn't have it. And my parents didn't want spend the money on it but to mm -hmm. some degree i like never having access to like you know not like international news or like even like stuff like like nickelodeon put me like outside in a way that took me away to catch up especially if i wanted to work in media you know so it's yeah. like being able to relearn like you're talking about and keep learning is huge mm -hmm. it's know? just being it's just like you can't really fight progression you mm -hmm. know what i mean everybody i think that's kind of in everybody's human nature a little bit to fight progression because you don't want especially if you're in something good you don't right. want to change you don't want anything different so it's like to an extent i see why people are that way and there's so many people that are they're like set in their ways but then it's like but if i want to keep growing and evolving as a person i gotta push myself out of that comfort zone and i gotta do these things that are scary or different and just see where that takes me uh and that's just i think that's just the difference between people that will continue to build something great or people that will just get left behind. Like we talked about is just that just really about the mindset. So what, so what, is there anything now like a part of your comfort zone you're trying to push yourself out of, or, you know, this, we're coming along the end of the year. I'm a big new year's resolution person. I did pretty well on mine this year. Uh, I don't know if you are, but like, are there, what, where is your comfort zone looking to um, say goodbye to you? If that's a good way of asking that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really think it's just about continuing to grow in my self-confidence um, and really just being able to, because I still feel, I feel like I've done a lot better job at betting on myself and just yeah. putting myself out there and doing those things. But it's like, I, I still want to keep doubling down on that uh, and just really going all in with, my plan for moving forward and just continuing to elevate, take it day by day. Uh, I think, I think the plan is kind of just there. It's just like, how can I keep evolving as a human being? And then Personal like growth. that will, yeah. And that will translate to the art, you know what I mean? And just keep that in mind at all times. And um, so I think, I think it's just more of that is like continuing to bet on myself, really do a lot more in my own personal brand as well. I try to do a lot for artists like promote people and do things where I can I can't help everybody all the time and I, I sometimes I feel bad about that but it's like just doing what I can each day 
Uh, but just, you know, betting on myself and really just believing in what I'm going to be putting out as well. I think that's yeah. a huge thing that's helped so far. And I think it'll just keep, keep working as I move along. But I have this mentality, you know, like when you see the videos of like the Amish building barns where it's like they have everything down and it doesn't look like a barn, doesn't look like a barn. All of a sudden they pull some ropes and you see a barn. Yeah. Like that, I think about that in terms of like my own reach where it's like, all right, I'm going to reach, I'm going to do all this little stuff all over the place and, de- and do this stuff and do start these projects. And all of a sudden at one point I'll be able to pull it together and it'll form into something. And like, it, it's sort of war. It's like, it's that way of like not selling short any interaction, making sure they all matter and making sure you're, you're listening and hearing and communicating well and just um, sharing ideas in ways. And it does add yeah. up to something like that. It's the consistency of doing it. It's the accepting that some days you're going to wait around for something that never happens but another oh. day 10 things will happen you never dreamed of you know? yeah be, be, doing doing the best to like put yourself in those good spots too and put yourself in the situation to meet those people as well yeah. i think that's like about it's really all about acting and purpose and what you feel is right as a as an individual and just putting your best foot forward so like you can't you can't fail when you do that like you said you might have to wait around for a while but if you're always aligning yourself with these opportunities, eventually some of them or, or the majority of them are going to come back to you. Yeah. Uh, you. You just won't know, but just keep doing it every day and see what comes out of it. Being reliable is like, it's crazy, especially if you're working in the arts. If somebody, um, I had someone that I, I deem pretty talented in the industry who sort of realized that if they asked me to do something for help, I'm super reliable. And now oper- so many opportunities have come from it because yeah. being reliable, so many people are not reliable. They never do no. things when they say they're going to, if at all. Like if you can prove to somebody that, that you can do that, that's huge. Yeah. I was going to say I, that actually reminds me because I try to keep that in mind for myself as well each and every day. Uh, last month, I actually was approached by a uh, loop company. They make loops uh, for producers, things like that. Uh, and they were like, we like what you're doing on social media. Uh, if you would like to make some videos for us, we'll pay you. Uh, and we'll put them out on our social media. So in my mind, I was like, I really got to do good on this because this is like the first impression. So let me just have a quick turnaround, make something very quality for them and just get back to them in a timely manner and see what happens. And I was just pretty efficient, just did it all in that day. Uh, And the guy thanked me. He was like, thank you so much. Like, that was a great turnaround. And we really appreciate you for being good with the business side and just being good with all this stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I just got to keep doing that as much as I can. And, you know, hopefully that continues to grow because I already did a second video for him. You know, that's a relationship that I feel good about moving forward. So I'm like, that's really how I want to approach all these different people I'm connecting with and just try to do good. And, you know, I think if, like I said, if you put your best foot forward and you just trust in your abilities, it's going to work out, you know, if you're meeting these the right people. So, yeah, it's really comes down to simple things, like, especially because, um, you know, talent to some degree is a diamond does like, like the, all these people that we're that like, um, were inspired by they, they, they inspired so many people. So in the end, it's like when the little things matter, not not just the album cover, but who you are and how you interact yeah. with people. And it's like, yeah. you know, you see these people like uh, Craig Kilborn, who years ago was the host of The Daily Show before John Stewart. It's like, where the fuck did that guy go? All you hear is that he was a total dick. And you're like, that's where he went. It's like yeah. there's plenty of other people who can, you know, crack wise about, you know, what the those fat cats in Washington are doing. You know, we don't mm. need someone who's going to be an asshole. They're doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, that's the thing. It's like, I think that's kind of a theme of this episode is like we were talking about, you know, you could have all the talent in the world. It doesn't really mean it's going to get you anywhere. It's more about, you know, you're going to be remembered more for what you did as an individual than yeah. anything else. Um, and that's really what it all boils down to. Yeah. And authenticity is a lot yeah. um, cheaper than than the fake images too because you, you look at like you see all these people who you know all of us you know you spend i'm sure spend a lot of time building social media videos for what you do i spend a lot of time doing stuff like that and like, and like yeah. too but it's like so much of what you see in that are people putting an inauthentic version of themselves out there and i just can't imagine how much more work that is than just being your real self i mean it's like yeah. if you're doing it as a character and that's obvious <laughs> you know that's one thing if you're like you know i don't know but I started doing uh, this year, actually, I did it. This is an idea I got from uh, one of my one-on-one -on -one coaches that I was doing. I did a uh, music marketing class again last winter. Uh, and one of my one-on-one -on -one coaches gave me this idea. It's called Story Bank. And mm -hmm. what you do is you go on and you tell kind of a real life story about something, some experience that led you to a certain point in time. So what I did is I took that idea and I've just kind of been able to tell my stories through music. Like I told a story about how I had in-school suspension when I was a senior in high school because uh, I was skipping too much school and I ended up getting a uh, book by Timbaland. It was his autobiography called Emperor of Sound. And I read that book during the suspension and that book kind of led me to finally begin producing because I read his story and I was yeah. like, oh man, he went through so much. I was going like, to bring him up. I'm going to get back yeah. to him in a minute, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. He went, he went through so much to get to where, you know, he is today. Uh, and I read that book like during that whole time. And the the whole moral of the story of the video was like, you could, you could look at these experiences as like super negative, or you could take these unfortunate scenarios and make them into something good. That's kind of what I did in that moment was like, yeah, I was in suspension, but I took that moment to like do something good for myself and, you know, make progression. And it led me to this moment of being able to make music. So it's stuff like that. And just putting videos out like that, that, you know, you're letting people know who you are, but they're able to relate in their own way. You know what I mean? And everybody has the little things in common with your story. Even if you don't know it, you just got to go out and tell it. So yeah. that's kind of what I've been trying to do more and more of. It's funny. I did something, what you're talking about, the storytelling thing. Um, I did something very similar recently and it was successful. Just to give you a quick version. So I put out a song on my most recent EP called Put the Mic Down. It's like, put the mic down or we fight now. It's kind of a more aggressive song than I usually do. And when I put up my little Spotify clip, I found this footage of the very first time my old group, Mike Monarchy, jumped on stage. As the first beat is kicking in, some random stranger in the crowd starts trying to have a fight with me and is screaming at me. And I'd never seen this dude before. And so literally my verse is about to start and the first thing ever. We actually had a big crowd for our first show. And this time yeah. he was trying to start a fight. So I was able to tell that story. I was able to match that video that I had lying around from 15 years ago. And it, it's thematically like worked for both the visual and like the song that never meant to match up. And I was able to tell the story about it and it definitely increased engagement of it. So like, yeah. that's the fun thing about an artist is that like, these things aren't really connected. And this is sort of making almost like a fake version of me, but it's making like the artist version of me where it's like, oh, this is this stuff all collides and, and is this, you know, yeah, and it works. It's it's all yeah. part of your journey. And then when you put that journey out there, people will see that and they'll understand it in their own way and be like, wow, that I can see a piece of myself in that. You know yep. what I mean? In some that's type of way. That, yeah. And that's yep. the people that end up becoming the fans and the supporters and 
That's yeah. you just gotta keep all the people out. who try to start a fight with someone on stage are gonna like this song. <laughs> actually, I, I gotta tap into that market. Like, yeah. Um. So Timberland, I I think I'm almost positive it was Timberland. Do you remember? You ever heard of the Masterclass? It's it's like an app or like a service you can get for like someone gifted this to me a few years ago, and it's like you, you it's like a month, it's like a subscription thing where like people like Steve Martin do these long classes on comedy, yep. and then like they've all these people like Penn and Teller does stuff, and I think it was Timberland that did it, and I watched yeah. it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he did the music production one. Okay. I don't know how how much he did with it though. I never had it. I don't know like what. So you haven't you haven't seen that? I have not. Done okay, that so one this though. one I I've seen that, and it's he does something in there that is so wild, where he basically shows how he writes a beat like in his head. He beatboxes it out like one layer at a time. And then he has his like producer, his is like, you know, his partner or whatever, who's sort of he's in there boom, beatboxing each layer. The guys mm. mixes it like it's a beat based on his beatbox. Then he goes in and replaces each layer of his, his beatbox with a real instrument. Real and I was thing. like, <laughs> is that the most impossible? I always it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I was going to say, whatever, it's crazy because each individual has their own process, but mm. some, I feel like I, I do that a lot too. I look at other people, the way they make stuff. I'm just like, I respect it, but I don't know how the hell you just did right. that. Right. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. But, but even if you take one out of the 10% out of it, it's yeah. still, it's like, it is pretty crazy. Like um, yeah. how many, how many different ways there are still to do this thing that feels like it in some ways has been done to death. It's like, yeah. there is still, you know. I think that's why I always look at like the people that will always critique how certain people do things. I'm like, if it's their way of doing it, just let them, let them go. You know what I mean? Right. That's their way of doing it. You know, you can't, you can't replicate that in any other way. It's just, it's about the individual. It's not really about the tools. It's like a sidearm pitcher in baseball. Yeah. It's like, you can tell him it's going to fuck up his arm, but if yeah. that's the only way he's getting on Cy <laughs> Young award, we're going side him. You know? his co- yeah, his little league coach tried to tell him, you know, he's crazy, but here yep. he is now he is collecting now. the board. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, so what um what what about projects that you're working on now? Like anything that you're excited for 2024 or what are some of your goals for like where would you like to be this time next year? Answer all those huge questions yeah. I just asked you. I take a sip of my polar seltzer. Okay. <laughs> so projects um well we just released for proven knowledge we just released the first album called forms of escapism which so was that of... like people that were on your podcast because i've been thinking yeah. about doing that and i don't I, want you yeah. to think i stole your idea <laughs> no you're, you're good man that's that's the whole point of, of just kind of trying to inspire others as well yeah. is like that it was a lot of people that were on the show or just people that me and my artists had worked with before um king champs's good buddy black was on the album he was on two songs on there had a lot of different uh, individuals as well. We did some different producers too. I did like 10 of the songs. We had some other people come in, um, do a couple interludes for us. It's a lot of different styles. So that was kind of cool to do. Definitely want to do another one soon, but it is just a lot of work to do an album with that many people. Uh, And that's, it took us like a year and a half to do it. Um, So I definitely want to do it again, but not anytime soon. Uh, you always think it's going to be easy because everybody yeah. else is doing most of the work. And you're like, oh, no, yeah. that just means I'm doing more like like you gotta get, pushing bullshit. <laughs> yeah, because you got to get everybody on board and you got to make sure yeah. that, you know, everything kind of seamlessly fits together. I We like the way it came out, though. It came out as a really good project. So we're proud of that one. Uh, I think 2024 is just going to be more focused on my artist, J-Trey. Uh, we're doing, like I said, those three EPs, probably an album after that. 
Can you spell uh, so that just, just for people because they want to look it up? Because like I, I can imagine you spell J Trace in different ways. Yeah, so it's J A Y T R E Y. Uh, Wasn't the one I was picturing, so I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's he combined his first name Jalen with Trey Sean, his middle name. So he okay. just took the parts of that that made uh, J Trey. Um, so a lot of music from him because we've kind of just been stockpiling music for the last like year and a half, just working on a lot of different stuff. It's gonna be. A lot of old school hip hop, but some different variations of stuff too, especially in the EPs. Mm -hmm. uh, myself, I'm doing collab projects with different artists. Um, the artist I was telling you about, Grizz, he's from, I, I always forget if he's initially from Cincinnati and now he's in Columbus or if he's from Columbus and now he's in Cincinnati. Somewhere in those two cities, that's where he's at. Um, he's had some uh, projects in the past, but I'm doing a full album for him. It's called Solace. And it's oh. probably going to be dropping at the top of the year. We're almost done. We're finishing up the last few mixes. Uh, and then we're going to probably get like a little release plan in place for it. Figure out what we want to do. Very excited for that. That should be like 10 songs. Not too long. Uh, I'm dropping a, another instrumental EP called Sound Origin Volume 3. It's kind of just completing the one I've done the last two years for the Sound Origin series. Um and then I'm working on some more instrumental projects as well. I'm going to drop another one next uh, fall, probably the second half of the year that I'm very excited about. Um, it's going to be kind of just more of just like thought provoking stuff, things you can just throw on to clean your house too, or like go on a walk, like just things that make you think about life. That's what that's going to be. That kind of makes uh, you I'm think of like Blockhead. Have you ever listened to Blockhead? I have not. I'm gonna have to though. Oh, go check out Blockhead. He produced like a lot of stuff, like Aesop Rock and like um, okay, like, that. like he. Yeah. It, that's like exactly what you know. Yeah, you know. I, I I look at um like producers like Apollo Brown, like when he oh. does his instrumental albums. Yes. The one he did last year called uh, um This Must Be the Place. I'll I just throw that on in the morning and just listen to that. It's like 22 instrumentals. That's kind of what I'm going for with uh, with this project. It's kind of just more like life music. So this just showed up in the mail for me yesterday. The new DJ Shadow album, Action Adventure, which this, it, it's nuts. It looks like an Alex <laughs> Rocks painting. Um, it, it honestly kind of even freaks me out in a way that an album cover, like, because I don't know if you know Alex Ross. He does a lot of those like the superheroes, like that are almost like that look like this, like Superman, yeah. like this. And I almost feel like Uncali Valley. And this one, I don't know, fucking freaks me out. But I cannot wait to listen. <laughs> DJ Shadow. If you've never heard "Introducing" by DJ Shadow, it's the most amazing fucking thing ever. But I was gonna say you're get, you're getting me hip to a lot of new stuff, so I gotta go. I gotta go dive in. I just discovered a producer in the last couple of weeks named uh, Nappy High. He signed to. Uh, do you know Larange, the producer? You know yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done stuff with Mr. Liff. I remember seeing. Yeah, them Mr. Liff. Uh, yeah, he's worked with like a lot of people on Mellow Music Group. Before. Yeah, I remember looking at one of the albums and I'm like, look at all these freaking people on yeah. this. <laughs> like... he, he's he has a new label called Old Soul Music, so he signed like Blue and a lot of different rappers, stuff like that. He signed a producer named Nappy High, and I think he's one of my favorite producers already. Just listening to his stuff, so uh, he dropped an he dropped an album called Menace. It's got Raekwon, Westside Gun, Benny, Blue, um, God, who else? Mick Jenkins, a bunch of other people on it. I was like, this is incredible. Probably one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, so just discovering different people, man. I'm always looking for like new producers and 
Uh, Eloquent, he's another producer I recently started listening to this year. Big fan of his. He just dropped an album called Rediscovery. Uh, I've been listening to that a lot. So just just always looking for different music. But yeah, I think, you know, back to back to like what I'm dropping. I think it's just um, my, be on the lookout for like my solo stuff. Uh, I'll be dropping different singles with other artists as well. I'm working with a guy named Tommy G from Sacramento. We're doing a lot of different like weird styles of hip hop, which is kind of cool. That's uh, a good. That is funny. They like that there, the Bay Area to yeah. Sackdown. Like it's yeah. like there's some. I'm a huge Digital Underground fan, and you know they're from the Bay Area, but like um, there's some great tradition of weird hip hop from that area of California. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited what what we're gonna be doing, uh, and then just one off placements. I've been working with a lot of R&B artists um, on some different things, which is exciting. And then I just don't know what else could could come out next year. We'll just have to see. But a lot of stuff's being worked on. Um, I, I, I'm just trying to keep showing up each and every day. And uh, you had any um, good R&B record? I'm a big fan of like SZA and like Yaya Bay, but like I'm not yeah. like um, I don't know what I love Mariah Car- Mariah Carey. I I. You know, I was playing um the All I Want for Christmas song at like midnight <laughs> on Halloween last week. But like, what? Who are some? But I don't know a ton of like R and B besides them. Who are some of your yeah. favorites? Like modern R and B. So in all time, whatever you got. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of artists I've been listening to recently. Aaron Ray is from Cincinnati, Ohio. Aaron uh, like as an A A R A R O N. It's a weird way of spelling Aaron. It's A R I N. Um, I can always spell actually, when something's going to be weird yeah. spelling. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird spelling, but he, uh, I think he used to be on like the, he's one of those people that was on like the X Factor a long time ago. So he kind of got known originally. And then he redid his whole brand and like his whole style. That's what they but have to do. They have to go up there yeah. to get their little thing. Then they have, they have to crash yeah. back down and rebuild themselves. Because yeah. from there, there's almost like nowhere to go. Because yeah. you're just this like little commercial thing. It's, it's a weird exactly. thing. It's always so impressive when they do it. So I like, when I see the Miz in wrestling, I'm like, good for you, man. Yeah. You were on the real world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I didn't know about him from the X Factor. I found that out after I started listening to his stuff. Yeah. And you uh, liked him I, despite. <laughs> yeah, I, I discovered him through uh, Terrace Martin, who's a producer, instrumentalist, artist, uh, someone that I'm a big fan of. He worked with Aaron on the album called Platinum Fire, which was like his first project. Uh, he just put out one this year called Phases 3, which was really good. Um Terrace Martin just did an album with Alex Isley, who's a really good R&B singer. That was one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Um, I'm trying to think of who else R&B-wise. James Fonsleroy, obviously, big songwriter, big fan of his vocally. So I'm going to give an R&B shout out, not to not to make things sad for a second. But um, Mike Juan Jackson, a friend of mine who passed away a couple weeks ago unexpectedly. Um, he was the first person to ever take me to a recording studio, Wonka Sound and Low, where I conducted the first interview that I ever did close to 20 years ago. And um, he is an, was an amazing R&B singer. He used to write with the New Kids on the Block, and he was part of, I think, the Funky Bunch, or at least the extended Funky Bunch of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And go look up some of his music, uh, Mike Juan Jackson. It's um, out, There's some of it out on streaming, but he had a really amazing voice, and he was a really talented songwriter, and he will be uh, dearly missed. So just uh, check him out. Yeah. But, Sounds like he had a lot going on. 
super crazy. Crazy lot. And it's yeah. like there he was in a lot of other he acted in movies with um Terrence uh Howard, like lots of really big name people. Um we met this guy. I went to film school years ago at BU and my friend of mine who works in film has been doing it since like we he put out a thing for a student film, like he was just looking for actors, and this guy thought it was a real film, and he had just done this kind of big indie film and it just showed up. And he's like, mm-hmm. All right, it's not a real film, I'm not getting paid, I'll do it anyway. And they worked with him for years and years, and like it became a really um he ended up he knew like benzino who owned the source and we actually had an office in new york city that's right next door to source magazine we ended up doing a video for blinky blink who was mace from like diddy and mace's brother blinky blink we did a video for him so it was like and when you're that's just crazy. starting out stuff like that is just so yeah. exciting and it's just a lot of it was done due to mike Wan. so shout yeah. out to him if you missed check out his music um yeah but, yeah that's awesome that's kind of like a uh good uh way of looking at you know one opportunity leads to the next you know what i mean you just never know who you're meeting and when if you're in the right place at the right time and what happens from that so it was funny too i was reflecting on my own journey the other day where um i realized you you talk about self-confidence like i the idea that i could ever be a performance artist when i was a kid is is outrageous like i was lucky if i even wanted to like you know show my face anywhere but i always knew that i was an okay writer and i'm like whatever i do writing have to be central to it and what i ended up doing was going i need something beyond that it can't just be the pen on the page so i just would keep moving off the little things going is this the way to, to like push my writing ahead and what you end up doing is learning all these different skills that can accentuate your one actual what might be your gift and that to me has served me so well where it's like you find the one thing you're good at and then try to find all the different ways that you can you know exploit or just like you know push forward and it's you end up being pretty well-rounded that way and you end up knowing yourself pretty well sounds like do something similar you know I was going to say that that's really how I feel about doing my podcast as well is because yeah. I never like, I'm an introvert, honestly. Like I am not it's someone. Same with me. Same with me. I don't go in social settings. I don't yeah. go to bars. I don't go out. All, all this stuff like, is nice. I didn't go to bars. Money I yeah. saved and vacations I didn't take. That's why I have so yeah. much crap. <laughs> <laughs> like my like I, feel, I feel that way because I'm like, I would have never guessed I'd be talking to people every week on yeah zoom call or facetime or whatever and like getting to know them and having them like tell me their story and i'm telling some of my story it's like would have never guessed that but like i think being able to talk about what you love too helps a lot it's like i don't think i could just like you said earlier about how you would never just randomly call people and like have these conversations like if it is a little more structured and you know you have some common ground it becomes a lot easier but I still never would have looked back on myself from, you know, 15 years ago and been like, oh, you're going to be doing a podcast. You're going to be talking to all these artists from all over the world, producers, engineers, whatever. I'm like, nah, but it, it's such a pleasant surprise that it's been able to, you know, happen and to be able to do it consistently too is, is just super awesome. And I feel like that's helped with my growth, being able to continue to progress just as a human and just be able to communicate better with people. Yeah. On the oh, me too. So, yeah. It's helped me at work. I, I definitely know that I'm, I speak more confidently now. Um, I mean, I manage people. I definitely, I know that like, I, I it's, I feel more comfortable in the way that I talk, yeah. you know? And, uh-huh. Yeah. It makes a big it, difference. Yeah. It's, it, it is a learning curve. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not, cause I think like, I always looked at people I was in like school with uh, and I'd be like, how are they so good with people or they're just good with everybody. 
that was a big I, thing I, for I, me is I didn't understand yeah. how to learn how to be good with people. Yeah. That, that that's a tricky thing when you're young, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. When it seems to come so naturally to some people. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But I guess I guess it's just like anything else. We all have our own ways of getting to a point where we feel good about it. Uh, and I just don't think I'm good with everybody. I'm, I'm not like going up to random people, like talking to them and whatever. But right. I, I try to just be like, just keep evolving, keep progressing in that way, I think helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know what, like even in an objective sense, I, I, I try to remind people of this, especially when they're stressed out. It's like, look, never in the history of this entire stupid rock that we're spinning on has things progressed as fast as they are right now so give yourself a fucking break yeah. you know it's like we're all in a freaking petri dish right now we're all beyond the looking glass we are not supposed to be evolving this fast so just like you know you can't slow that down so sometimes you got to slow yourself down a little bit yeah. and, and giving yourself the pause and permission to do that can actually help you achieve some pretty cool things yeah know? Uh, that goes back to I think what we were talking about earlier with you know you got to be you got to be comfortable with yourself yes. in the maze of everything else and everybody else so you just got to know that you're making that progress each and every day you're just putting in the little steps to get where you want to be and just work at your own pace you don't have to be at everybody's pace all the time you don't have to be in the rat race all the time so you're just you're on this journey see where it can take you and just do your own thing Oh, don't yeah. be afraid to do that. So you said something earlier that have you ever seen the movie Three Kings, the um the Iraq War movie with George Clooney mm -hmm. and Marky Mark and Ice Cube? There's the only, um a part... I was gonna say the only Three Kings I know is the uh, Rick Ross, Jay Z, Dr. Dre song. No, it's, they might have named that this movie. This is a pretty good movie by David O. Russell, and it was um it was a Iraq War movie with um Spike Jones, George Clooney, Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg. Like maybe it was like maybe late '90s, early 2000s. And there's a line in it where I think George Clooney says to Spike Jones or some combination or whatever. He goes, "You do the thing first, and then you get the courage." Where it's like Spike Jones didn't feel like he had the courage to do whatever he had to do in that moment. And he's like, you don't start with the courage, you end with the courage. And that's mm -hmm. something that like, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm not going to do a podcast because my first couple episodes are going to be eternally embarrassing. And what if that's all I ever do? Well, you know what? Just go in making sure you, it's not all you're going to do. And like, and to find your courage along the way and learn and, you know, learn who you are by becoming the, who, the version of yourself you never knew existed. You know, yeah. it's my fortune ship for the day. The only way to get better is to keep going. So, exactly. The only yeah. way, you know, I sometimes, you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? I've seen a couple episodes. I don't watch it religiously, though. But There was there was what Barney Stinson sometimes would say, um, newer's, newer's always better. And I don't always believe about that, but in terms of like my art and stuff, it's like, I'm not out there screaming about AI art. I'm actually interviewing this guy next week, Brian Life, who's doing some crazy stuff with AI art. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's not fight this shit. Let's just, um, you know, do what we got to do <laughs> to survive. Yeah. It's like what we talked about with progression, like not fighting progression. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't really fight. You just got to find your way in it and just like, OK, how can I make this work for me or how can I just, you know, keep it going and uh, just keep my ear to what's going on? You know, what I mean, just be aware of these things. Yeah. So actually, this is a fun question I like to ask people. What are some musical artists that you like a lot that people wouldn't expect that you like? Because I, um... I always find that when I ask this question, people mention stuff that when I check out myself, I find that you know it's it's more interesting than i thought you learn a lot from this see i feel like the majority because I, I feel like if if people know my music taste they probably know what i listen to or the majority of like things that i do listen to um 
I don't know. Honestly, that's kind of a good question. Growing up, I actually was a big, because of my brother, I remember I said we shared a playlist. I was a big Linkin Park fan, actually, growing up. Because I was like, I liked what they did with, it was combining rock with hip hop and some different genres. Yeah, and that Jay-Z um, yeah, Jay mashup was course. big for me, yeah. Yeah, Collision Course, man. That was, that was a yeah. super big thing. So I always respected like what they did. Uh, as a band, obviously Chester, the lead singer, uh, committed suicide. Yeah. That was like a big thing a few years ago. Uh, so they're not a band anymore. But like growing up, they were super influential on me and like just being a fan of music. I would always hear their songs. I'm like, I like what they do. And obviously, like Shinoda did the Fort Minor stuff, and that was yeah. more pop. Yeah. So, and he's still making his own music. I haven't really listened to a lot of what he's done recently, but yeah. uh, him as well, just being a part of that band and like. Back in the or styles of the beyond days of doing stuff with like apathy yeah. and yeah absolutely so they were definitely like super influential on me growing up uh so and i actually just bought my brother for his birthday i bought him a um uh meteora 20th anniversary shirt that's like what i got him because i was like that he had that album like he that was like one of his favorite albums uh growing up and we always listened to that so uh this year was the 20th anniversary so I got him. There you go, man. So, but yeah, um, it's one of the reasons I like asking that question is because I find that some people um, have a certain embarrassment over some stuff like, you know, Lincoln Park. I think that's not probably the right example in this case, but like um, that sometimes like there's stuff they're embarrassed to say that I like. So there's two people, things I want to confess to. One is the fucking Carpenters. If you've never heard the Carpenters, they're like the 70s. Um, um, the uh, brother sister group that I absolutely love, and they're so like saccharine, but like, but the production is so lush, and I for some reason it just touches me, and I and I love her and whatever, and so I love them. But this is a record that I bought the other day, and I am this was definitely on sale, and I am embarrassed we <laughs> bought this, especially this year. But I actually really like the music on this record. Is that like, uh? That's Takashi, what's his name? Takashi, Takashi, yeah, Takashi. And when everybody shit on like every every bad thing you can say about him is is true times a million. <laughs> but when I heard his music the first time, and that's all I knew about him, I'm like, this dude sounds like the Sex Pistols mixed with DMX. And like that was my first impression. He's like, just heard a couple of those songs, and I was like, what is this? And so I listened to that, and then it took me like a few years to catch up to what a jackass he was. But like, <laughs> I just want to say it's okay to like shitty things. I'm not a shitty. I tell you, I'm not a shitty person because I like this, and I'm gonna listen to it. And I, I don't think any of the money went back to him. So yeah, at least it, it, was did, it probably set. went to one of his lawsuits or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's making music anymore from what I've heard, but I don't I don't know. I heard actually. he's not allowed to leave the Dominican Republic because of some case he oh. caught down there. As last I saw in it, yeah. when it comes to him now, I'm only reading the headlines. I'm not clicking on the stories. Yeah, well, at least that was on sale, so you can. Yeah, it was. Like, you can tell that that had been sitting around for. A while. Yeah. <laughs> but like even to that point about like the entire presentation is like this is a pretty um you know this is a pretty cool looking record. Oh yeah, it's like, like the radio. Uh, yeah it's like you know every it every detail was you know put into this except for the actual being a decent human being part that that, you know that's the the tricky you skip that part 
but yeah. everything presentation looks good. So. I know it's amazing what a pair, big pair of like cartoon eyeballs and like, oh no, he's you know whatever, <laughs> but like you know yeah. whatever. Caught, it caught your eye, so that's that's yeah. what matters. Yeah, 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 and that's what's interesting. There was a great documentary on him on Hulu. Where they, it was like not like one that pumped him up. It was one that showed. It was like it's funny how sometimes. You can you can say what you want about someone like him, but there is a lesson to be learned there. If you want to pay attention, you can get through the bullshit. It's like mm -hmm. there's something that he went through that like you're not going to have to go through. But there are a few things that he did right that you're like, yeah, he knew how to do stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. there's got to be a reason why we heard of him. You know, what I yeah, mean? So, it's like right? it's interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, but fascinating people. But whatever. So um, I don't know, man. We've been rambling for a while here. Anything else you want to touch on before we uh we uh wrap it up? Uh I mean, other than just, you know, be on the lookout for the new music. Uh if you're looking for another great podcast, the Proven Knowledge Podcast, uh new episodes every Tuesday. I, I usually take the last week off of the year. So like that Christmas to New Year's week, I don't drop an episode. Every other Tuesday I drop a new episode with someone uh producer, artist, engineer, mostly independent people or people that I work with or people that you might not have heard of. So if you want, you know, another great show to check out, feel free. But man, I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be on here and uh, have a super organic conversation. It's kind of yeah. off the cuff. I like this stuff, man. So well, I've barely ever heard of me. So if you ever want um, need a need a unknown guest for your uh, podcast, Dude. feel free to let me know. Or like... it's funny. It's funny you mentioned it because I was going to invite you on the show. Yeah. Definitely. And have you come on in the next few weeks and record uh, the episode? So if you're if you're interested, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you on. Too. Yep, awesome. And it's funny when you were saying that your goal was to start doing more other people's podcasts. I was thinking like, um, yeah, that's kind of my goal too. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Well, yeah. mid de mid December is when I should have another opening. If you want to come yeah. on, man, I'm I'll let you know all the details. So yeah. definitely excited. And so Thank you me. just, you go, um, to make sure Anthony Church is the name you go by, you, you know, like, it's always so rare when somebody hip hop goes by like their real name. Yeah. So it's like, there, there's no other thing besides um, proven knowledge that people would find you under. Yeah, it's pretty much just my name. Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram, which is at Anthony underscore church 24. Yeah, that'll be under um, your name the whole time. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah I, some I, people are listening to audio. So say that again. Cause I, okay. I'll probably won't. Okay, so, yeah, Instagram primarily, if you want to keep up with everything I'm doing, it's at Anthony underscore Church 24. Uh, I never really wanted a moniker. Like, I, I actually made a story bank about this thing. I think I'm going to put it out next year. It's about why I don't have a moniker. Uh, but, yeah, I just always wanted to kind of just be myself in the music and just be who I am. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of just why I just stuck with my name. Plus, I'm a producer, so I'm like, yeah, I'll be in the background every now and then. So I can I can do that not too bad yeah when but, you're a producer you're, you're definitely a little little closer to the business world than than the rapper is so there is some advantage yeah. to not being like you know little yuck yuck or something yeah. you know yeah like, i couldn't do a little man no way yeah i know <laughs> you know it's it's like it's gonna be years before we find another way to spell little or young but eventually yeah. we'll find one like, yeah, I always think of there was a joke on King of Queens years ago where where Kevin James said it's going to be years before they find a new place to put cheese on a pizza talking about when they put it in the crust. <laughs> and then I remember seeing an ad for pizza last year where they actually found another place to put cheese on it. And I'm like, fuck it. He was right. <laughs> I wonder if he knew that, though. Like, does he know? 
It I I don't know. He he's wondering why people are googling him so much now because that meme is he's yeah, on every like meme now. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. That man benefited from the death of Chris Farley so much because it seems like every role that Chris Farley would have been in, like he's all those grown up movies, it. all of those, it's like it's Kevin James now. Yep. You know? Yep. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> An observation. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, yeah, cool. Meet Anne with wings clips, quick to flip manuscripts. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich. But she still can't stand the way he manages to never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids. Plus he cheats at cornhole and rags that he won. So she lost interest like porno after she comes. My DM started jingling, baby, as it was done. Two seconds later, I can hear the snapping of her gum. She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher. I'm happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra. I try to hold her down, but I just couldn't balance her between the million meetings that I keep in my calendar. Plus, odds aren't too sloppy that I know why my cell is blowing up, probably, but I should check just as well. Call the cops, see if I can get a hold and tell if that's copyrights yell raising hell inside the holding cell. Table we take charge. I got a style you can make large. Uh -huh.